Yo, 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 yo. It's your boys. It's your boys. Oh, sorry, Lola. It's uh, LD. It's your boys and girl. How do we do this stuff? LD talk now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Goodbye Gang Podcast, where we talk about any and everything. It's LD, and it's been a minute. Well, it's actually just one episode, right? Just last week. You know how it is. Life happens. You know, we try to bring you a hot, fresh pod every Tuesday, but hey, life happens. That's what it is. And I went back to work. Yeah, how was that? First, you had like like a three-week vacation? Or? Yeah, and I can't wait to take the rest of it, honestly. But um, it was okay, I guess, being back at the office. Um, I wasn't looking forward to waking up early, but it wasn't bad. The first week went all right. Just a bit of catching up to do, and um, I had to also do somebody else's job, unfortunately, because then Tuesday she was sick. So yeah, I had a lot of juggling to do, but it wasn't bad. It was fine. Yeah, you was got in there. You remember the, your password names, all the, all that stuff. You found you found the way to your office. I found the way to my office, but I had to change my password. Um, couldn't remember. It, it was no. It wasn't that I couldn't remember it. It was that. I kept getting emails over the holiday that I had to change my password. Oh, security type stuff. Exactly. And I just ignored it. And I got to work and, yeah, I had to change my password. So, yeah, that was a bit of an issue. And then I couldn't print. I don't know what happened while I was away, but then I was no longer hooked up to the printer. I couldn't print stuff. I couldn't. Scanning was, in fact, ah, I, I felt like. I didn't know what to sack. Is that what's going on there? IT came and sorted me out. So, right. you know. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff like that. Um, my phone wasn't calling out, things like that. Or it was calling out and I couldn't hear. It was just, it was just very, mm. you know. But it wasn't bad. I, I did not enjoy it. I'm not going to give my job that satisfaction of saying I enjoyed it. But it was good to be back in the office. Yeah. What is and what is paying your bills? Yeah, I had missed some people in the office. You know. It was good. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, but also you were flexing the night before you went to work now. Oh, yeah. I went for my hero's show. <laughs> okay, he's not my hero. And it wasn't really about him anyway. So I went to watch the stage play, Fela and Kalakuta Queens. So, yeah, there's been a lot of Fela shows. And best believe I have watched almost every single one of them. Even when Jay-Z did the Broadway one. So it was... um. Where did you, where did you watch the Broadway one? I watched it in London. Okay. Yeah, twice. So yeah, um, I've kind of watched almost everything that has to do with Fela and I feel like the only thing that is missing now is me going to the shrine. But anyway, so it was um, Fela and Kalakuta Queens and this show was meant to concentrate on his 27 wives who were also known as the queen, as his queens. Um, it wives was or dancers? He married all of them. He married all his dancers? Yeah, beca- um, because he needed um, society to take them seriously. But how do you, you can't, you can't get a marriage certificate now. So how did they marry them? All I know Legally, is that he can't marry called his lawyer and told his lawyer that he was going to marry all his wives. Yeah, that's not possible. He shall marry them. If you read Fel- all of Fela's books, it wasn't, this isn't the first time I'm hearing it. When you read all of Fela's he, books. You can say he's married, but okay. legally he's not married to them, all so, these women. Um, 
I don't know how much we know about Fela, but we all know that Fela wasn't about the Western idea and the Western world. And as far as traditional marriage is concerned, you can have more than one wife. Yeah, that's fine, so but for exactly. I, but you can't have a marriage so certificate for all of them. You can't who have cares? One. All they knew was that they were known as Fela's wives. Okay, so what was the, anyway, what was so the it was about? about the queens. You know, people used to judge them and say, oh, they were ego smokers or they were prostitutes and all that. But they actually made the decision to be his dancers. The only crazy part was he had underage girls there and it would have been nice if he sent the underage girls back to their parents was that addressed in the play yeah it was addressed in the play it was one of the reasons why he got arrested okay because there was a time where parents were accusing him of kidnapping their children and the judge is like do you have any evidence that he actually like stole them are we giving any spoilers here or this is history so we're not giving any spoilers because the show is done all right okay and also it's history everyone knows it. if you've read his books or you've read his life you know that fella was jailed a lot of times you know that obasanjo threw his mother from the from the first story of their house and he went and put his mother's coffin in front of the barracks I would like to believe that everybody who is interested in Falad knows all these things. It was just that it was being acted out on stage this time. Uh, so I thought it was a different kind of story. We all know this already. I thought the play was showing us a different side. No, it was showing us about... Nobody talks about his dancers. So, so this was focusing about on his dancers. So what were so the like few I said, things he walked out with that he didn't know before? This girl... Well, see, it's difficult for me to say what a few things that I didn't know before because I have always followed his life. So, you know, there were things that I already knew. Yeah, but um, I thought you just said this is not about Fela's life per se. It's about the women, be- the women, the wives, the dancers. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what, what I'm saying. So what are the new th- stuff you learned about There was them? nothing new that I learned. But there were people, like, I went with Nomad, and Nomad is like, she didn't know there were underage girls there. She didn't know that some of the girls were children of rich people. She didn't know that some of the girls were educated people. Like I said, I've read, there's a book that he, um, he authored, well, he, you know when you get somebody to write your biography it's called this bitch of your life he did talk a bit about his queens there one by one he'd be like oh this one she's rich but she chose to follow me you know that kind of thing so i kind of knew bits what i would have liked to know would have been backstories of these women do you understand what i'm saying okay so i'm confused now because that's that's what i thought it was i thought it was actually the women telling their own point of view well i guess when it comes to broadway there's only so much because some people were already complaining that the show was too long anyway so i guess there's only so much you could fit in and how do you fit in backstories of 27 women so i guess i kind of understand yeah but i thought it would be like the backstories of so fella is just a backdrop you actually tell the women's story yeah fella but, was the backdrop but it just seems to me that this was more about fella than anything fella else. was the back no so pretty much what the show showed was their rivalry how jealous they used to get of each other who was his favorite who was his least favorite how these girls were well you know they would argue about how it was their time to sleep with fella because fella had a timetable things like that how they dealt with intruders like other women who would come from other countries and think that they were better than them you know and try to seduce fella things like that it would show how some of them inspired his songs like he wrote yellow fever if you know yellow fever he wrote yellow fever because he found out that one of the women was bleaching and he's like why are you trying to bleach and become western things like that it showed how they stood by him when they were in the hospital um after they all got raped and um were in the fire you know them talking to the north and the nurses and telling them like you know what that so it, it was more of a collective 
a collective how would you put it a collective insight into how they lived and how they felt about him and how they felt about each other right mm -hmm. as opposed to individuals and everything although from obviously from the play you could tell who his favorite was or who the Ghanaian was because he also had a Ghanaian wife amongst them things like that so you could pick out subtle things but it was like a collective story on them you know but it was all fellas original music to play yeah it was awful there was no new music so pretty much the story would obviously tell you how songs came about do you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. even when the the play started if it started with the fella um i said the fellas the dancers sorry and um like a god in quotes reciting stuff and telling fella that he was going to send him women okay who were going to be like his muse his muses exactly and even when fella was calling his lawyer and telling his it's funny how fella liked some parts of western stuff because it was weird that he actually had a lawyer and his lawyer was a pretty smart one fella pretty much said there's no fella without the queens because they were his dancers some of them were his songwriters they were workers you know even showed how he actually used to pay them for the things that they used to do things like that um they they were everything to him and you know, so it was just trying to, I guess, um, Bolanli, the owner of Terraculture, she just wanted to, I think for her, it was just to honor the dancers, people whose stories are never told. And actually, two, apparently she consulted two of the dancers, but when I went for the show, one of the real-life fellow dancers, she was there. And um, after the show, she came on stage. She was limping, apparently. It was an after-effect of when Obasan just sent soldiers to raid to raid the Kalakuta shrine and she mentioned about how things were definitely how they suffered for fella how um they went to jail for fella because some of them were put in jail some of them were sent to um juvie you know the young ones um some of them were sent to what's this one where rehabilitation centers to try and make them um better human beings exactly but they would all still break break out and um go back to his shrine she said that she was one of the women who gave fella hell as shown in the play you know she was always looking for trouble she always wanted her time in his room things like that and she's like balali is the only one who had the common sense to think about the women who surrounded fella and that when um Bolali reached out to her saying that she wanted to do a story about them she kind of figured okay what's going on like who's paying you and things like that because she was very surprised and then she took a, a jab at jay-z because she's like everything you saw on this stage it was real it was not fella on broadway it was actually very real and um you could see that they actually took time into casting because even the guy who played fella even though he wasn't the most important part he sounded like fella like his voice it was kind of creepy if you closed your eyes for a minute and you've listened to like interviews by the late fella you'd almost swear that you were in the same room with him his voice was like him he even learned how to play the um saxophone, saxophone and everything it was so creepy but yeah so um the woman was very and just kind of she was emotional to obviously uh, you know she just prayed for the you know terracotta prayed for the dancers as god has honored as you have honored us you know how nigerians are if you as you yep. honored us god will know you all events must start you know, and end with a prayer that kind of thing 
and she spoke about how much she loved Fela and then she made us do a one minute silent thing for him. It's pretty cool. Like Fela is yeah. like um, I guess our Elvis in a way. Where you know there's so many movies about Elvis, there's musical about Elvis, mm. people go to Graceland every year. So it's good to at least we have one um, icon that way that we can hold up and uh, it's funny do many things around. Like even Obviously, the movie should be coming soon. I know somebody should be working on the Fela movie. Hopefully. And I hope they cast it right. Because if you don't cast the right person for Fela, oh my God, it's just a disaster. Because I remember when I went on Broadway and this Fela was having an accent. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, it was a good show. Don't get me wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? And... The, the smart thing about movies, you don't try to do somebody's whole life in a movie. It's it's too much. It, it gets too long. You don't get everything in there. That's the problem with a movie. It, all this kind of stuff is better for a documentary. You can have a three-part, four-part documentary. For in a movie, you just try to get one interesting slice. A day a day in real life can be you know a movie, two hours, mm. no, just to I'm, get an interesting what I'm even slice. Saying is they should just do the um, cast right. If they do the cast there. right, then it should be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I'm also saying that how you tackle it. If you just you want to do a you know biopic, life of movie from beginning to end, might not work. The yeah. documentary might be better. But if you can just take a sliver, just like you said, this concept of the women behind Fela, that can be a movie. Yeah, they would need to do maybe three women so, at a time or yeah, something. So, so it can be, it can just be one woman. Yeah, find the most fascinating story. Yeah, it would probably have to be Lady yeah, or someone yeah. because to be honest. Not all the okay, even though he had 27 wives, not all of them were major. Do you understand what it I'm saying? It doesn't matter, it's who has the story, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, that's what so I mean by not all of them were major. Is obviously the people there were some, you know, how you just have wives that are just in the house because there were some wives who apparently did not sleep with fella as often as others. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe mm. they would have sex with him just once in two months mm. or a random. Yeah, my my like point that. is just that if there's one of them there that has a great story, whatever. Even if he was just, she was in the shrine hanging with Fela and saw a bunch of stuff. And I'm just saying, in a movie, you just need somebody creative come up with stuff, and it can be a banger. But that's the next, that's the very next step for Fela to a, a movie. But you know what's crazy? No matter how many times I've read it or heard it, it still kills me to realize like that whole Obasanjo phase. Like Fela and Obasanjo were literally enemies, and that soldiers would burn someone's whole home down rape the women there and then throw an elderly woman from the top of a building down that was actually how fella's mom died she died from the injuries from that oh this uh, is allegedly right well fella says so too in his book and that's why yeah and that's why he has a song called um beasts of no nations i think there's a song he wrote a song for that because that was fella's fella always used to get inspired by things right so i don't know if we all know the song zombie is actually about soldiers so everybody knew that one person the military and fella they hated each other because he was always hitting back not just the military the government he released a song about the government or he released a song you know that kind of thing so um i think it was beasts of no nation no or coughing no there was a song coughing something Sha. so he marched with the um with the coffin and put it in front of the barracks the barracks was in Ikui. and if you google there's some videos actually 
that show like a bit of the fire and things like that and even the dancer she's like the fire was real she's like you can see me limping it's an after effect i still can't get over that i mean i know soldiers are brutal it's the military uh, it was a dictatorship yeah, especially is, is what, uh, that's what i'm saying so i know and so he was an activist fighting against them so it's and that is one of the reasons people um will put him on the pedestal because he was one of the v- people speaking for the voiceless he was one of the people um, who was imprisoned for speaking the truth and stuff like that that is why he's an icon more than the music more than anything it's because of what he because yeah, of what he stood really for people really thought he was their black president yeah, and everything so because, he was, because of what he stood for and you know and you know it's the same thing why people are into Wally Shrinker because you know he's one of the people that stand against the government and you know the late um, Ken Sarawi while all those people those are our uh, freedom fighters those are people who but like sacri- the rest those yeah. are people who sacrifice themselves for uh, funny n- I think fella and Wally Shrinker are actually cousins I do not yeah, know. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying I even think they are. Yeah, that's But I was going to highlight something about something that I find very odd. But now I can't remember. So if I remember before the end of the pod, I'll mention it. Yeah, because, yeah, I really can't remember what it was about. But yeah, so it was a, it was a good show, I guess. Um, shout out to Bolanle. She seems to always put on shows that sell out the woman is on some coachella p i've never heard about a show of hers that doesn't sell out um well done that's great so long as you keep on bringing that quality product yeah creative stuff people will come simple yeah i mean she was she even went to london the other time with one of her shows that's how good the show was so um yeah she seems to really be on the mission to take theater quality theater nigerian quality theater everywhere so kudos to her yeah good job yeah so um how was your week so yeah so i know we're 17 minutes in and we're back to me you know lola was made this podcast all about her anyway man mine was uh no not no fun like that it was uh well, i guess it was on sunday you know i was feeling a bit lethargic uh so i thought it was one of those stuff i went to bed funny enough i actually went to where i grew up yeah, that's like in Badagri. You know, usually when you go back to the house when you grow up, everything usually looks smaller than it than it was you imagined or remembered. But to be honest, everything looked the same. I guess I haven't grown much. Uh, I never grew. <laughs> 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 but, you know. Anyway, so I go. Yeah. So anyway, I go back home and I was like, not kind of tired and everything. I like, oh, I'll just sleep it off. Man, during the night was one of those. Uh, you know, you're cold and you're hot and you're cold and you're hot. Like it was a mess of a night. Couldn't couldn't sleep but then i woke up in the morning i felt better so i was like maybe the fever has um broken so didn't mention that he thought he was going to die in the middle of the night let me tell my story now you already talk finish mm-hmm. uh, anyway so I, uh, by the time i woke up i thought i was already, I was already um good i took a shower went to work usually the office is a little bit cold so i, I would usually wear a sweater anyway but i couldn't just like sit still i couldn't think couldn't do my work i was like literally like shaking I was like, man, I told my supervisor, man, I have to go. Actually, my plan was actually just come home and sleep it off again. But as I was in the cab, another thing, man, if you're dying or anything like that, do not call an Uber. This Uber took almost 20 minutes to come. And when I called, it's like it's 10 minutes or five minutes away. And I was there just like almost like, you know, hunched over in the middle of the road waiting for this Uber. I'll call and say he's here, he's there. Anyway, 
if you're in a crisis, don't wait for an Uber. Just find a cab on the road and move to where you need to go. So anyway, on my way, I was like, you know what? Just take me straight to the hospital. So I got into the hospital, you know, doctor, all that stuff, draw blood, do your test. I even told him to turn off the AC in his room. And even still, I was still like you know, shivering and whatever. So anyway, after a couple of, I guess like most 20, 30, 40 minutes, came back with the test and it said malaria with traces of typhoid and that's when all the injections came and all the other stuff and yeah you know when one of those things where you're like god if you answer this prayer i'll never do any bad thing again yeah i don't know how many people have been there before yeah it was one of all those type of uh what type of moments when you start thinking of uh, okay if i die who's gonna miss me i'll take care of my dog drake he's gonna take care of drake he's gonna feed him now <laughs> I guess you realize how the only important thing in Susie's thoughts were his dog. Yeah, anyway, I'm here. We are here. We're all good. Back on the grind. And he can feed his dog and take care of his yeah, dog. Yes, so Drake is really happy to see me. He was like confused. Like, what happened? I didn't see dude on Monday, Tuesday. It's kind of MIA. What's going on? Where's, where's Sus? Anyway, that's, so that was my week essentially. But, you know, we're back here. We're out here. Back on the grind. 2018. Let's go. Let's get it. People are making money, so you guys should too. Yeah, so anyway, one of the things that I really want to get into that uh, I didn't get the chance to get into because we couldn't record last week was this um, President Trump uh, shithole comment. And, you know, I was a little bit just like taken aback or like with the, some of the, you know, you know, you know, some people were like showing some fancy places in Nigeria and say, oh, what a shithole, this is a shithole, blah, blah, blah. And, Repping, man, let's get real with ourselves, man. That's why we don't progress. Nigeria is a shithole. Yes, we're in a shithole. Right now, as we're recording this podcast, I've turned on the generator. There'll be no light for two days. I'm, I'm, who remembers? Who remembers the pod where LD yeah, was crossing? Who, who, who remembers the pod where LD was crossing the storm because she was in traffic and he took and she's the old 2017. She's in traffic and she's dying because of traffic. Uh, we have people dying in the desert, you know, trying to leave this country, going to Libya in camps, being sold to leave this country, this shithole. You have a, you have a place where you got a batch of stole $500 million. $500 million. The country got it back and now it's missing. AFCC, 250 vanished. They can't trace it. Gone. Yes, that shithole of a country. A country where the prayer somebody is praying is that let the person that in his family that has to die for him to succeed this year. That's a prayer in Nigeria, real life. Somebody's praying that. And we're talking about that in a shithole country. So people don't do those kind of prayers in America? Because I read the craziest stories there. The shithole country. No, but not, you know, I, I get the point of like there's this um, phrase that goes, you know, I can say my wife is ugly. But you can tell me my wife is ugly. Or what's the other one? Uh, monkey ugly, but the mama still like him. We can do all that stuff. But we've got to be real with ourselves, man. This place is a dump we're living in. It's a dump. And the time we realize it's a dump. And we start get to ask to get and fix it. Versus whining. This is the same country in 1983. That we sent packing um, 3 million uh, um, illegal immigrants. Mostly Ghanaians. Saying Ghana must go. This is the same country that did that. Now here we are whining that all oh, they call Nigeria shit. We don't want more people from shit. Yes, because it's shit. That's why people are running to America. 
Most people leave shit all countries to go to America because they're trying to look for a better life. So let's not get all your sentimental people posting pictures of Ikori and Lekki. Oh, this is my Africa. This is my shit though. You know, edit some bitch and say, oh, this is my Africa. This is not shit. Yeah, when you shit though, I'm going to fix it. People are dying every day. People are in, are in poverty. People are living on less than a dollar a day. Less than 50 cents a day. You have workers that haven't been paid for months. I want to post pictures of the beach and Koi and Lekki and say, this, yeah, this is shit or Trump. Don't you people see the suffering going around us? Don't you see the children hawking on the streets, people begging on the streets? Who says they're a shithole? Man, we gotta get real with ourselves, man. Okay, so now that Ezusa is done with his whining and shouting, traffic is not an indication of a shithole country. I hate driving in traffic to this space, but yeah, I remember listening to the radio the other day and they mentioned 10 countries that have traffic worse than Nigeria. I can't even remember most of them off the top of my head, but Russia was one of them. And Russia, well, it's not a shit whole country because of traffic. So, in our trying to point out how bad Nigeria is, let's not use things that happen in other countries. But anyway, um,. So at the end of the day, yeah, I can get why people are upset, but I don't get to wax really lyrical like it's just and be shouting all up in the mic. Yeah, sure, we have to fix our country and all all of that, you know, whatever. Um, we can only get better if we do something. But um, having you know been to some European countries, there are some European shithole countries. So I think. I don't know if that's why majority of Nigerians were in an opera, but it was kind of weird how some countries are not mentioned as shithole countries just because they were not in Africa or they were not in the Caribbean and things like that. So if we're going to call countries shitholes, let's just be very general and call this every country, no matter their location on the map. This is a country where a musician is telling me that I have to hide my face because I don't have money. Guys, did you just listen to what I said? I have to hide my face. Say if you don't get money, hide your face. You're really sure. I can't even like I have to hide my face to have money. Anyway, so like I said, when we're calling countries shithole countries, let's just be very general about it. Mention the countries in Africa, mention the countries in Europe, mention the countries in North America. I go to the store, I try to buy soap toothpaste before I I I go to the ATM before I know that I spent twenty thousand naira on what? I look at this a small bag. And you tell me it's not a shithole country. Okay, we are done with that because I feel like Sus just wanted to rant about that, to be honest. But yeah, like I said, we were talking. Please, people who live in expensive countries too. Um, is your country a shithole country because it's expensive in terms of grocery shopping and things like that? Anyway, so I hope we fix up the country and the country becomes better. But I'm not about to, you know, be shouting up and down because honestly. <sighs> who's shouting help some people voted for buhari in this administration i kind of knew that was going to be a disaster but hey everybody wanted change and i remember my dad said unfortunately the mood of the whole country is change so yeah of course they were going to vote jonathan out was jonathan the best president no would he have been a better president i don't think so but i think that apc could have found a better candidate than a like than an old man why in a country where people have cattle and they think it's their god-given right to march all around the country and slaughter people uh, because their cattle must eat they go into farms and they just 
eat up the farms and saying that cattle must eat and and if they f meet any resistance the, the, the people are getting slaughtered and the president doesn't say anything about it not necessarily because they feel they are god given right but because they know that the president is not going to say anything about it yeah you, you, you have the boko haram still killing people using children as suicide bombers and killing people in in the south south you have the avengers busting pi pipelines do you know how many jobs have been lost since this new admi administration quarter by quarter quarter by quarter how many jobs have been lost see now you're ranting about the right thing and shouting about the right thing so keep it going about the administration because the administration anyway, is yeah, the like, like i said i just wanted to just say, say my piece there so this is the, this this story might interest you a little bit i feel this, this is like in your in your in your wheelhouse um, i was when i actually saw a story i was pretty interested in what your uh take on this or opinion in is so this is um there was a uk blogger who wrote to the owner of um, the white moose cafe um, the blogger is called him um, ellen Dabby, and to the white uh, moose cafe owner who is paul stenson acting for a possible um, collaboration and essentially she sent a letter saying you know, my partner and i are planning to come to du to, to dublin for an early valentine's day weekend february 8 to 12 to explore the area as i was searching for places to stay i came across your stunning hotel and would love to feature you in my youtube videos slash dedicated instagram stories slash post to bring traffic to your hotel and recommend others to book up in return for free accommodation and you know, she gave start you know i have 80, 80, 87 000 youtube subscribers 76,000 76, instagram followers she has done the same kind of thing for universal orlando in florida and she ended the mail with saying you know, let me know if, if if this is something you'll be interested in doing um, i look forward to hearing from you and the um, owner of the hotel we really went off on her and essentially he was like you know dear social influencer i know your name but apparently it's not important to use names and he was like thank you for the email in return for exposure it takes a lot of balls to send that kind of email and essentially he went to essentially shut her down by saying no and you know he doesn't want any freeloader blogger on his site you know and you know he put her out there then she made a video crying about it and saying why did he put her out on blast like that and it was just this whole back and forth stuff and you know there were people that were saying yes all these bloggers that liked freebies and stuff and all that so you know what what was your take on the whole stuff um so there's a part that's so missed um the guy replied her i don't think she had seen the email he replied her but thought it's wise to put it on his facebook page or on his um snapchat page not his personal one the company's one so obviously quite a people saw it and they you know like social media when social media has a bone to pick they will <laughs> pick that bone till it is scattered so people put i don't know how they found out they shall found out that it was this darby girl and literally everybody started tweeting at her insulting her you know just calling her all sorts of names and she says she, um so she was out in primark or something with her friends i know when your phone is just going off going off going off going off like people were acting her and everything so she goes on in, um social media and she sees the savage reply that the guy had sent to her splattered all over the internet hence she now made the video trying to um address it which is what, why she was crying um a couple of facts she's 22 so she's quite young obviously um 
so i have three sides no i don't have three sides actually i'm just going to speak speak on all sides of the story and i'm going to start with the blogger herself first of all she sent a very unprofessional email to the guy you don't tell a hotel that you're going to stay in that oh my partner and i were coming for valentine's it just reeks of opportunities of being an opportunist and it just honestly tells the hotel that this one is just coming to come and spend um valentine's week in our hotel and she wants it for free she does it so first of all i feel like she went about it all wrong you know the email was wrong it wasn't professional and all of that i mean being someone who blogs i'm very sure that wasn't the only hotel she sent it to she probably sent it to quite a bit of hotels around the area so you know she knows that not every hotel is going to say yes to her so she just scattered it but um, i feel like that was not the kind of email to send she should have sent a proper email hi um my name is this again i don't know why she this is what i do you know i'm in the lifestyle i'm into lifestyle blogging yada 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 you know that kind of thing and say i'm going to be in dublin for the week and i was hoping that i could stay at your hotel you know just make it more professional yeah sure you're probably going to end up bringing your partner whatever you know nobody's going to kick you out because a bed sleeps two people anyway so i feel like she could have been more professional about it secondly if you're going to send an email directly to the owner of a hotel one thing you should do is research on the person research on the kind of person you know you're in contact with if she had done her research she would know that paul stenson thrives on controversy he has a personal blog and i feel i I can't understand how she does not know like all you have to do is put in paul stenson and you see all the controversy he's in Postensi is famously known as being loved and being hated and he says it he's a self-addicted um, controversial human being so obviously if she had done a bit of back research she'd have realized okay this is not someone i want to you know talk to or mess with or send like a shabby email to because i mean if she had just done a little bit of research she'd have realized that she was going to get ripped into so dear bloggers or instagrammers or whatever if you're going to ask somebody for a freebie you should probably research a bit about them and the kind of person they are especially if you're sending it directly to an individual i know some a couple of people were like oh but the hotel has more followers than her yeah 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 they probably don't um need her campaign but here's the thing i've gotten campaigns from um businesses that have more followers than me so it's not really a thing they might just feel like you might reach a demographic that they've been trying to reach now to the guy side he was rude there's point blank he did not have to be savage about his reply he did not have to post the reply up on social media but like i said he thrives on controversy every hotel every brand every company has a right to say no i don't want you i don't want you that's fine but you don't have to be all rude and shit about it i mean there's recently just two weeks ago i mean i'm not trying to be funny but thank god this was even a white on white situation two weeks ago there was a hotel in the maldives the four seasons they rejected um a travel blogger of color and of course she spun it and made it into a racism thing because she was like they said that um her demographic is not the demographic that they're looking at so she now made it all about because she's black but here's the thing demographics are real I remember going on that blogger's page and her page doesn't really scream luxury like people who stay at the Maldives. Do you get what I'm saying? Her page screamed adventurer. So maybe if she went to like an aloft or something, you know there's some hotels that cater to those kind of people or hostels or 
couch surfing kind of places you understand what i'm saying that would be fine so of course but that that was just another situation and so and she's like oh she owns this and she owns that and she's done stuff bloggers need to realize that demographics are real a, a business might feel like you do not cater to the kind of people they're looking for i don't think you should find it insultive maybe what you should do is go back and see how your business might not fit into that demographic and if that kind of business is a business that you're very sure you want to work with in the future maybe try and see how you can now mold your business into that demographic some demographics um, cater to only white rich people and that's fine some demographics cater to only black rich people that's fine do you get what i'm saying some demographics cater it doesn't matter different businesses different people that they're trying to um bring in or want to buy their products because because this is not just about hotels now it could be bags it could be shoes it could be anything so i feel like no one should be insulted when they hear a no it could also be that the hotel bringing it back to hotel the hotel might have reached its quota for the year for influencers do you understand as i've been telling someone with the episode that happened with the black girl i'm like for all she knows it could have been a black girl who sent it who sent the email to her or a black guy so paul stenson was hella rude he didn't have to do what he did but you know clearly someone he thrives on controversy and then he went on to say that all bloggers are banned from his hotel and from his cafe and that if any blogger is sitting in his hotel they'll be walked out his hotel doesn't look all of that but you know whatever so on the general influencer side like i said don't be offended as long as somebody is not rude to you and you don't perceive it as i guess as black people or people of color because not just black people now um you know it can be it's a thin line between when if someone is being racist to you or if you genuinely just don't fit their demographic i mean that's like me wanting to promote disneyland because disneyland does have accommodation rights and disneyland comes on my page and they don't really see anything that caters to children do you understand what i'm saying and then they tell me oh you don't feel your demo my our demographic yes we know that disneyland isn't just for children do you get what i'm saying but sometimes you just you just have to take your l and let it go now the other side is influencers are now saying that maybe they will start charging for everything because as you know sometimes brands also hit influencers up and say oh um could you come stay in my hotel could you buy my products and in exchange do a review of it do you get what i'm saying so on facebook yesterday i saw somewhere where they said you know what influencers maybe we should start charging for our free adverts so that we can pay for the stuff that you know for the places that we want to go to or the um, airlines that we want to use that kind of thing now if this happens this just throws everything into yeah, I think a topsy-turvy situation. I think the whole problem with the influencer blogger type stuff is just the capturing of the matrix, the um, really showing the correlation yeah, between I was going to get there. Yeah, the individuals. Yeah, uh, so you know, using you as a blogger, you visiting, and how do I correlate how many people came because of your exactly. post and so stuff? So I was going to say, being in the unique advantage of actually working in hospitality, right? I know that a major problem for the hospitality industry is how did this Instagram takeover, for instance, or this ad on a blogger's page, how did it translate into revenue for us, right? Right. So, yes, our hotel or our product got more famous. We got more followers on social media, right? But how many of those people actually ended up buying or purchasing or booking our hotel or whatever so that's usually a huge problem 
now a way for hospitality or whatever to do it is usually to give like a rate code to that influencer and say okay if any of your followers um want to book our hotel or want to use our thing tell them to use this that's one way they can track it but are you not going to give it to every single influencer who comes into the hotel i know that the revenue department will not be happy about that because it means that they have to keep generating rate codes so except you have like a brand ambassador for a year where you can just focus on that um that the returns that that person is bringing in you get what i'm saying it makes it easier but obviously sometimes for some um for some brands or for some companies it's not about the revenue it's about just having more of a um presence right Mm -hmm. online they want to see their facebook followers or their instagram followers go up from 20 to 2000 that Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. because obviously in marketing departments their own focus is different they don't really care about the yeah, revenue so is uh, um, some people is brand building brand building exactly right? so you want to be associated with that person because exactly. that person is is cool exactly. um, and by association you become cool, cool, cool. because they are exactly cool, whatever cool is exactly oh my god this person stays in this hotel it must be a great hotel do you get what i'm saying you might that's, never that's be what you, that's what you're hoping for, for even if you can monetize it. it exactly so you end up being on the lips of everyone and that's to some extent people kind of know like the kind of packages that you offer do you get what i'm saying or things like that so like if they ever end up having the money or being in the area you're the first thought that comes to them so it's um but bloggers also have to be careful because i've had a personal situation where a blogger asked my nine to five company if they could (laughs) do influencer for them at the same valentine's period it reeks of opportunism do you get what i'm saying no company is gonna see an email that says oh i'm gonna be around your hotel valentine's they all know which is probably the busiest time of yes year exactly so you, you at that point you actually don't need anybody yeah you probably need them for the slow so exactly slow so see, um period, period of time exactly so if you're a genuine person why didn't you pick the slowest period and let's see what you can really do and see that's what you exactly because most hotels they have valentine's day packages they have room packages they have fmb packages and best believe that everyone is trying to book those packages or even if it's just the fmb do you understand and this package sorry what's fmb food and beverage okay and what i know is they charge a premium on the valentine's day dinner so they're not giving you free dinner it, it it's a lot during the valentine's period and she's asking for five days come on and that's what i'm saying sometimes you have to be professional about these things you already started with my partner and i for during the valentine's you know she could have just written the the week um date even and it might not have clicked because obviously she was leaving before valentine's day actually started but mm. this girl just went all out and proved that she was coming right so it's like your own experience so because you obviously you're in this space how receptive are nigerian hotels and stuff with influencers and you, you as i said you as you said you you see it from both ways as in your nine to five and you as a uh, the good thing about okay let me, let me say something first the good thing about what you do there's a service you already give out right mm-hmm. you, your company already does something where you're providing a service mm-hmm. for people versus where you just write about stuff and you're just going out there looking for freebies versus at least there's a service there's something you already sell for people to come buy with the unraveling mm-hmm. nigeria with giving out tours and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. curating tours and stuff so at least that's the foundation versus somebody that you know just you write you know you just write and write and write and yeah. your real service is hoping that 
your your it turns to revenue and your yeah so i see the distinction there but just in your own experience like when you send that letter um what 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 the the nigerians are are they hip to that game yet to be honest i um personally as an unraveling nigeria brand i've never sent i've never been the one to send the first um email to a hotel okay i'm going to use hotels in particular since that's what it is i've always been invited by the hotels because sometimes you just think this hotel is going to be like what does one have to offer do you get what i'm saying Mm. i don't have like a million followers on instagram and to be fair some of these hotels can stand on their own let me give an um, example southern sun ikoi at least if you mention that hotel to everyone in lagos they kind of know about it you understand Mm. so i would never famous yeah i would never write a letter to them i don't know if it's out of fear or if it's out of what can i really offer them right but i know that hotels are actually big on um influencer marketing okay now the issue is and it, because i'm the one who receives the emails for my nine to five some people are genuinely opportunists and i've noticed that sometimes the people who send the emails they like i said know your timing for instance before i went on leave i got so many emails from influencers who oh i'm a blogger in the uk i'm a blogger in america and i'm going to be in nigeria over the christmas period and i was wondering if you'd like to collaborate all i could see was you're coming home for christmas and you want to be put up in a mm-hmm. nice hotel mm-hmm. do you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i'm balling during the christmas mm-hmm. in lagos do you understand so sometimes timing is everything now if it was in the middle of the year mm. i might have sat down and actually looked at it and been like okay, okay that, what do you have to offer me yeah, right. do you get what i'm saying and then sometimes you notice that the people who send you these emails see yeah, i'll be the first thing to tell you that followers aren't really a big deal like number of followers uh-huh. because sometimes you might have two thousand followers and your engagement or the people who follow you they treat you like their bible and then people who have one, who have like a million followers uh-huh. their engagement is shit so i'll be the first person to tell you that followers isn't everything right All right but then i see some of their followership and i'm like my snuff. company's hotel you know we're just gonna go to your fellowship and if you're going to offer me all of this mm. how am i and this is why i say demographics again you're a uk blogger it means that most of your audience should be in the uk should be in the uk i'm not saying nigerians don't follow you right. but they're in the uk how many of them are actually going to book my business do you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm worst case scenario if they're coming home for christmas they're prob- they probably have a parent's house that they're already going to a friend's house you understand this is why i say demographics are real people shouldn't actually get offended when they say your demographics do not fit what we're looking for right mm. so um but like every hotel we even go after our own influencers in fact we have a whole like <laughs> during our marketing meetings we're literally like who are we bringing up next did you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. i agree i can kind of agree that there's an entitled feeling that influencers kind of have Mm-hmm. oh i'm traveling here let me ask them if they can do this but honestly there are ways to go about it yeah. this girl for instance wanted to go to a nice hotel i have i know a friend i'm not going to say her name here um she was traveling somewhere and she was able to get some sort of discount in the hotel that she was staying in mm-hmm. then i think she got an upgrade too okay. because there's a way that you will say these things where it doesn't seem like you're trying to be a freeloader right you make it seem like shit i can pay for this thing but this is what i also do and i can promise you that i can give you prime whatever whatever do you understand what i'm saying mm. 
and i guess the more you work with businesses the more you have bragging rights madam 22 year old just put orlando uh-huh. it could have been a fluke it could have been a do you understand what i'm saying yeah. so i really just think that influencers really just need to be careful you can approach people but do it professionally research on the business you are approaching make sure it's not some scoring scoring guy who runs the business yeah. so I, I guess the bottom line of it was her approach was wrong yeah that's, that's just the bottom line and he and, was wrong and, too. And, and and the guys as in my own opinion when i read the whole thing i just thought the guy's an asshole he's an asshole because he's a you could have just I said was avoiding you could have just said you could have, you could have just said no you know that's send, exactly send the gun said no. no so obviously all this all that long story and something i didn't know like you said actually has a reputation for this right so yeah. that's even i didn't even know that so so he's actually so an so asshole so he's a known asshole so yeah yeah so that's why it shocks me that you know she didn't yeah. research and like i said she probably sent it to a bunch of other hotels mm. she might have had the hotel that she really maybe his hotel would have been the hotel that she really wanted to right stay but at the end of the day she just expected even just there's gonna at, at worst she's gonna say no, no she didn't exactly. expect the um the I can public tongue that she got exactly i can genuinely tell you guys that there's no influencer who sends an email and isn't at the back of the mind thinking i'm probably going to hear a no right, right. so it's a it's a it's a you're playing the odds yeah that hopefully one person will say in. yes but the guy was a he was a yeah, jerk yeah. and i would just like to say that if influencers are actually going to start charging for the services that they do don't they charge already it's i don't understand not every influencer charges yes but i'm saying like so for instance no okay so let me be specific if influencers start charging for specific influencers like if i'm I'm going to stay at southern sun and i say okay i still want you to pay me for this ad that i'm going to do for you do you get what i'm saying it's probably going to uh, it just turns everything topsy-turvy i mean i know there's some select few right so charge an appearance fee yes so to me the way i say it is just you if, if you're a certain level you, you you're gonna charge they can't get you for free if you're on the come up or you're in mid military where you're still satisfied on passing getting freebies right as and that is good enough for your uh, um, reward for what you do that's fine but if you're running as a business i'm pretty sure you charge uh, stay in the hotel does nothing for your business because you probably want to be working on ad campaigns and things like that with them not just to stay in the room for one night so i think it's a whole different uh, type of stuff yeah because on facebook someone wrote you know what influencers start, start charging for it so you can afford the things that you actually you know want yeah, to do then show your value i, I guess because the if you charge you show your value if, if you think you're gonna bring people show your value i guess put the, the, money whole, to your value. the whole thing about influencer marketing is influencer marketing just looks like a cheaper way of advertising i give you something for free and i know you're going to use it or show it and it, you know your reach as opposed to getting a billboard or going yeah, on radio, that, uh, do you get what yeah, I'm saying? But the problem is that the businesses do not see the data translating to the sales. So, so they except you your token marking Wahoo. Apparently, once she wears a top and she puts it on Instagram, it sells out. Yeah, so and someone like her will then charge. Yeah, she does. But oh, if you're the token, one that token token just, is our queen. Uh-huh, so if you're the one that just has a um, couple of followers and you're telling, give me your dress, don't worry, I know one or two people will buy it for me. No, so I just like to tell you guys that um I remember when I got this swimsuit from this 
online um th- that really made me feel very proud of myself because she sent me this dm after i had advertised her since and she's like my phone did not was not silent throughout this day god will bless you i'd like to think that as an influencer it is a heartwarming thing to hear that Number one, this one is, i thought you needs to refer yourself as influencer when did you start calling yourself influencer now <laughs> no i'm saying general no no because we're talking about um returns and everything so i'm saying it's a heartwarming feeling when you know that somebody's business actually gained from Mm. you know yeah, I got something you, I got that you, you, you yeah yeah that's the hope you know you don't want to be so a exactly. you want to you know if you get something that the person that did it gets value for what it is yeah and i mean the, the, the lady now sent me her second business and she's like <laughs> promote this one too <laughs> and i was just like girl yeah, yeah that's it every, yeah. every you always want uh, anybody that's uh, in business at least and has good faith you want it to be a win-win mm. uh, whatever you do you want it to be a win-win situation mm-hmm. for whatever you do that's that's the whole idea that's good business i win and you win you don't want to sucker anybody else mm-hmm. anyway so let's hit the jury of the week uh so um for people that listen for the first time jury is our instagram um psychologist psychiatrist he's a love doctor love doctor fine boy bearded yes, gang monkey. <laughs> monkey. anyway let me monkey. stop okay angels angels still exist i love her so much hello Jero. good morning hope you are doing well please i want to share something this put joy in my life and i want others to know that they can have this type of love too in their life oh, my girlfriend stayed over at my place last night this morning we were both going to work i was in the shower there was only one toilet functioning now she entered and sat down on the toilet to take a shit Gross. not pistol a shit she took herself that she loves me and i'm the only guy who c- she can shit in front of Gross. this has made me the happiest man on earth the smell did not bother me Gross. even though we did s- even though we had suya and bread the night before Ew. as every deposit landed in the water i loved her more for my girlfriend to be able to sit to shit in front of me and feel so comfortable it's amazing i'm great as a boyfriend i would be i would love to be a greater husband angels still exist jero though we are few make your ladies feel comfortable let her fart around you mm. tickle you god bless you jero more money for you jero lol i'm happy for you bro congrats your thoughts <laughs> that's the grossest thing yeah. i've ever heard in my life Sorry, listeners, for all the S bombs. Okay, so you know what? I remember reading um, Kachiti's blog, and she she mentioned I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about when 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 do couples cross the line of you know. You, you, you know that all this um, Instagram and I don't even know what the line is. I know this Instagram thoughts and the models are all coming to Nigeria to get shooters on, right? I don't even give a shit, but I'm talking about this guy specifically. Like, don't you always want to have some sort of <sighs> this is one day, this is what they call over familiarity and see finish. So, so you can't so, so you can't use the bu- um, the bathroom in front of your uh, you can't do a number two in front of the person you're dating. No, no, why not? Why? So, are we trying to say that it has come to that level in life where you do? everything in front of each other so you can go why? i'm asking a simple question so why, so, so i'm saying why not because I, I don't see the point can we have some level of so so can I you can you fart around can you fart around something you're dating women don't fart <laughs> <laughs> Me, roses really smell like do you do you, do you? 
Roses really smell like. I'm asking a serious question. Like, when do you? No, even I'm saying. So what we're saying is that you do everything in front of your partner. Why? Like, why not? What? So that means it just so. Uh, are, are you not supposed to be one? The romance, not the romance, actually, but. So is so, it called so, over family? I can't so, really remember. So if, how so if your man takes a shit in front, why why you do? Why is he taking a shit in front of me? Why not? Like when he's going, he, he needs to go. When he, you know what? My shower is probably not that important. He can't go and then, like I, I'm just saying. Okay. And this is both ways, guys and ladies. Are we saying that there is no um line like do everything in front of? And, and this is not just uh, this is not just about taking a shit in front of your partner now. Like everything, they see everything. They you do everything. Like there's no. What else again? I don't understand. What else is there? Um, I know someone who she got stitches after she had a baby. Um, cause obviously she she tore her baby's head tore her. Okay. And um, she would every day she said she would lie down and open her legs and tell her husband to look and check if it's healing. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 for, for, for better or worse in sickness and in health buddy go down there and check I'm like, what the if, he, if, he, if he ever wants to go back down there again right? I'm, like, I'm like what the hell she's like she's literally lying on the bed and she's like is it healing is it healing and my stitches still there I'm like Jesus like I, I literally was like oh my god poor guy but yes I'm just like it's, I don't know because yeah, sometimes people say that when you do everything and the romantic yeah, like, like, like me I, I believe in the old school I, I don't know why men need to be in the uh, into, <laughs> <laughs> why men need to be in the room because there's so many stories of men of the weakness that and you know they can't be turned on by their wife anymore because they just or they fainted or they fainted, whatever it is you know just back in the days everybody's in the lobby you have your cigars the doctor comes out and says it's, it's a, a boy, boy. <laughs> and everybody lights up and you know you know you you, you have a whiskey with your with your guys and say congratulations to fatherhood i don't know this new one you have to be inside there holding hand pushing sweating, <laughs> you know, in there with your camera and video and you know and say my okay, king this is my this is my point if you think that's too much because like, you're seeing a whole lot of shit coming like so that means there are things that you just shouldn't do because then you never get turned on by your partner yeah. or you never see your partner as that hot person anymore anyways i'm happy for this guy you know he's the fats and all he loves his girl you know so he's a good one still there so you know keep uh keep keeping that uh, keep toilet door yeah keep it, keep that toilet door open keep on rocking yeah but you know whatever it is um but whatever it is that you feel comfortable doing in front of your partner, that's good on you. Just don't come back complaining that he, he or she doesn't find you hot or, you know, isn't all over you as before. But anyway, we've come to the end of this episode. Actually, you guys should let us know in the comments section what you think about oversharing. But we've come to the end of this episode. Follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's Good Bad Gang everywhere on SoundCloud. Just search for Good Bad Gang. On iTunes, search for Good Bad Gang too. Leave a comment, review us shout out to tunri i just actually noticed that she left a comment on itunes um we're sorry about the background music that was distracting you but thank you thank you so much for leaving us a comment the rest of you guys who listen should definitely comment um, i remember to tell a friend to tell a friend
yeah and follow us on social media too follow us on twitter instagram we're also on facebook just you know keep the conversation going let us know what you think about everything that we discussed so yeah peace out guys more life more blessing if your girl look good and you're never boring then you know that that really good vibe and she cook your good food and she always caring then you know that that really good vibe if your man didn't love you real good in a bed then you know that that really good vibe and him again